the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com, or call them 401-392-1025. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, very interesting 13-part series is about to kick off. It's going to be on TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network, Insights, Israel, and the Middle East. Now, this is, again, 13-episode documentary, which, in fact, is going to go inside modern Israel. And one of the uh, people that is part of this documentary is uh, good enough to take the time to talk to us right now. And uh, this is going to be a groundbreaking series. And we want to say good morning to Maddie Shoshani. Maddie, it's Sean DePietro. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and congratulations on c- congratulations on what is just a remarkable 13-piece, uh, uh, ex- just in- remarkable, incredible. How long was this in the making? Well, thanks for taking the time to talk about this. And I think it's a very good for people to hear about the show. It debuts tomorrow on uh, TBN. We started working on the concept last summer, but the production started uh, in earnest late last year and mostly this year. Uh, so it's been relatively quick for first series of this scope, and we're in fact already deep into working on season two uh, on the show. Now, Matt, um, how, how, Matty, excuse me, how have things been affected as far as, uh, take us a little... Take us inside what your life has been like for the past two weeks. All right, we lost him. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna hear back from him, folks. Bear with me again. It's John DePietro, and he is, I believe, in the Middle East, so it's a little bit difficult. Uh, but we're gonna wait, and I think we're gonna hear from uh, him in just a moment. Again, this is a thirteen-part series which is, okay, and this should be him right now. Uh, Matty, I apologize. We, we lost oh. you in some way. Um, let's just no, pick it. I'm, I'm back. Okay, I'm pick, pick it up right there. Take us, what has your life been like the past two weeks? Uh, man, it's been interesting. <laughs> I, so, so just for reference, I'm uh, in my late 30s, and... The last time things were this intense, there were only two times in my in my lifetime that were this intense in the country, in the 2000 Intifada, and then in the Gulf War, 92, um, 91, 92. <clears throat> and for my kids, I have three young kids, and for many of the younger people that work for us, uh, 20-year-olds, you know, it, this, is, this is as extreme as it's ever been. And for two reasons. I mean, usually, you know, it, conflict is not a new thing for this country, but the volume of it... And the civil unrest that sort of um, that came out of the cracks because of it were were this 
it's just all encompassing and stressful and you know and, and it felt very dramatic to people but what's amazing about the Israeli society is you know it, it came and then just as fast as it, it it came it was gone you know you go out to a restaurant today in Israel there'll be a waiting list the streets are filled with people you know it took three days and people were back to their normal life wow now where, where do you uh where do you live in Israel I live just outside of uh, Jerusalem to the west in a small community in the Judean mountains called the Yadah Shemunah, yep. which is, I'm a Messianic Jew. This is the, the only, let's call it community for, for followers of Christ in Israel. Hmm. And it, it would certainly, I mean, things just shut down. It's impossible while that was going on to just live normal life. You're in bomb shelters. I mean, it's, um, I mean, it's, you're exactly right. It, it's a sure, No. Normal life, somewhat, somewhat yeah, able to yeah, go on. Yes, it is true, but it depended where you lived. Okay, and that's that's like the complexity. I mean, that's Israel true. Is, is a small country. Yes. So people that lived in in Ashdod lived in some of the coastal cities that were closer to the Gaza Strip. Their life was disrupted beyond repair. I mean, they, yeah. you know, it's just like you have bombs going off on a permanent basis. I mean, you can you can see these things online. They have a Israeli government has a website with all the the rocket launches and everything that's going on. Some of the communities closer to Gaza were, you know, from through the night, 24-7, nonstop. I live near Jerusalem. We had alarms, you know, here and there. Uh, the Tel Aviv Metropolitan, again, I was, I happened to actually be there, um, not last weekend, but the weekend before last. Uh, and, you know, we had three days of, of quiet, and then Saturday afternoon, you know, this huge barrage of, uh, of rockets against the city. So, but... Yes, it, it very much affected everyday life hmm. in, in the sense that people were concerned and business slowed down. And, you know, there was this overall feeling of doom to not sound too dramatic. Folks, again, this is a 13-part series that's going to kick off tomorrow night on TBN. And it's yeah. Isra Insights, Israel in the Middle East. And, and Maddie, take us through what I think it's interesting is this is the modern Israel and if, the way I understand yeah. this, each each episode, it, it's a different kind of theme to it. So take take us through, if you don't mind, a little bit on the technology and innovation. Okay. So, yes, I mean, Israel is a, is a we call it in Hebrew, uh, you know, like Hansel said, uh, our founder, uh, Alte Neuland, an old and new country at the same time. So you have this combination of, you know, ancient history and, you know, it's very rich uh, tapestry society, but at the same time, these, these crazy innovations. And we sort of go after the reason for that. And we, and, and I say this with, with true pleasure, I got to sit down with some of the, we call it, uh, like the founders and the fathers of the startup nation in Israel. Uh, people like Yossi Valdi, who's, he's like the first, like, big, um, exit in Israeli high tech, you know, sold a company all the way back in the 80s, and he's behind hundreds of startups. We sat with him and talked about what it is in the Jewish and Israeli psyche that that allowed so many startups to, to thrive in this country, and talked to people who are behind, you know, like uh, cyber. Some of the biggest the biggest companies worldwide are, are based here in Israel uh, in cyber defense and cyber attack. You know, we talk about the cultural reasons behind that, and it was really interesting and really eye opening, and it's encouraging, but also you can't really look at it without understanding how how unique and incredible it is because. We're sort of this this country that's an island among very a very hostile neighborhood, and somehow we manage to live life with a smile on our face and and innovate at the same time. Folks, again, um, I'm speaking with 
and it's Maddie Shoshani, and this is a documentary series that's going to kick off 13 parts on TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network, Insights, Israel, and the Middle East. Maddie, I have, um, I've had the privilege, I spent two weeks in Israel, it was obviously, you know, just a remarkable trip, this what was, uh, um, that, that was in um, 2002, and you you can come back. <laughs> that's right well you can you can see where you're exactly right where there are some parts where there are you know obviously it's um there's there's parts of it that that are just an unknown and an element of danger but at the same time then there are other people in parts of the country that are basically you know kind of removed from that element of the equation and it's it's just so fascinating and beautiful it's really like no other place on earth and it's I'm anxious to see how, as you say, like the modern Israel, how it's just blossoming right now. Mm-hmm. Um, take yeah, us it, it very much isn't. tell us tell us a little bit about um. Now you did this along with tell us a little bit about Samuel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's, it's myself, Samuel, and our team. Obviously, you know, worked on this uh, project. Samuel is he's, he's a lot of things. One, he's he's one of the original and you know he's part of one of the, the most original and, and first messianic families in israel that's jews that believe in jesus um back when he was a kid he was one of the only ones and he's the founder of, of Sarel tours which is the biggest incoming tourism company and many and most of the israel loving tourists that come to the country come to israel through Sarel tours um and he's also sort of the, the first of tbn in this country and has had a very long and uh, outstanding relationship with the uh, with the TDA network. And really, the idea we had when we when we went into this series was we we want to tell a deeper story. We want to tell people something that is beyond, you know, just the headlines in the news. Because you need the context and you need to dive a little deeper. And we really got the chance, myself, him, Samuel, to sit and and talk to really interesting and you know people that, that have been connected to the to the facts and the stories in, in a very deep way. And if you don't mind, just touch on, I'm, I'm curious, of the 13 episodes, um, mm-hmm. what's the what, what are we going to see in the first one? Give us a little preview of what we're going to see, say, in the first two episodes. Okay. So, like you said, there are 13 episodes. Episode one talks about archaeology. It's called uh, Beneath Our Feet. And it's, it, we sort of touch through uh, multiple discoveries that support the Bible and the narrative that it presents. And I'll give you a couple examples of, of what we talk about in, uh, in the first episode. We, in the studio, Samuel interviews, Samuel Smadza interviews Dan Bahat, who's like the, he is the, one of the, the best known archaeologists in Jerusalem and is the person behind digging up many of the, the sites that are sort of the, the staples of Jerusalem tourism and, and archaeology today, the city of David. Uh, the rabbi tunnels, all these other uh, these other sites, and then we also we spent uh, time in we spent time in Banias, which is way on the on the northern border, where just during actually during one of the um, during COVID last year, uh, the Elish was an archaeologist. They dug up one of the oldest churches that have ever been found in Israel, and you know that passage of the Bible that talks about uh, Simon Peter and Jesus speaking to him, saying, "You know, you're Simon, you're the rock, Kesar uh, in Hebrew, that I'll build my church on." Well, they found that church. Uh, basically, it's, it's a Byzantine uh, small church that was a, a site of pilgrimage for hundreds of years, uh, up to Islam and even through Islam. And they, they accidentally uncovered it while they were renovating the place. Wow. Uh, in the middle of last year. 
so that that's one of them we speak to several other people talking about incredible um incredible discoveries and even go into the uh, the storehouse of the antiquities authority in israel to look at some very unique coins and, and artifacts that they have that are you know, it's, it's almost like a page out of the bible that comes to life you know it's a name of a person that's mentioned in a very specific place and stuff like that in that, that's episode one archaeology wow you know and that's obviously that's that's fascinating to me now my last name is di pietro in italian that is you know that's peter which is which is based on and i always you know growing up was told in in our last name was just that what jesus said i will you know build my church on your rock and 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 that's why that is uh incredible that that's the the first episode a powerful statement yeah very very powerful and they they discovered that they didn't realize they did they kind of stumble upon it no so, so they they always knew that was supposedly the site because you know in in the middle oh. east history doesn't start with christianity or with judaism it usually goes back another couple thousand years before that into, into the pagan period so the site has been a well-known site all the way from we're talking four or five thousand years ago all the way up to now but the actual church structure had collapsed in a earthquake in i forget it's the sixth or the seventh century so, and it was buried. And so there, you have on the wall there, there's, uh, there's this uh, pagan uh, temple, and there's inscriptions that indicate the place, what the place was, but they only now found the actual church building that was built after people came back to the place to mark what had happened there in the New Testament. Hmm. So that, that's sort of the connection. And I'll, I'll give you another interesting thing we, we visit in this episode. We spent a lot of time with a professor from the Ben Gurion University in Belsheva named Yuval Goen. And he is he's the leading uh, expert in the country in what they call forensic archaeology, which is basically connecting the dots between, you know, we think this happened here to we, we have a lot of information on who lived here, what they ate, what they touched, what their, you know, what, what the chemical compounds their clothing was made out of, I mean, to that level. So he'll be able to take a, a piece of, of clay or metal or fabric that's found, you know, after being in the ground for thousands of years, and and date it accurately and and paint this very colorful and and robust picture about what happened to it and its surroundings and he's sort of this guy that's like you know they're bringing him these artifacts that are telling stories that have been lost for you know millennia and he's the one who puts a stamp of approval on them so we also go down the scientific route even with the archaeology folks again you're listening to the john DePietro show we're speaking with maddie shoshani this is a 13-part series, kicks off on TBN, Insights, Israel, and the Middle East, and it kicks off Thursday night at 9.30. Can you also just touch on the episode that uh, you also get into faith? Did you? With, I missed that last word. Uh, faith. 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 It's, okay, so we have, we have, so there are 13 episodes. The first is archaeology, the second one talks about water tech. And we have several that touch about faith. I mean, we have ones about the land, and then we talk about the faith communities in Israel, which I think is, for me, was a fascinating uh, episode to create. Um, and I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples of what we talk about in, uh, in that episode. So, I mean, we look at, at faith from the, the community's perspective. Who are the people in the land? What do they look like? What do they believe? What do they speak? And it's always surprising, even for me, an Israeli who, who lives in this country, to see how colorful the, you know, the the, the, the human the human painting of, of of faith is in this country. Uh, I'll give you an example. We talked to uh, Father Francesco from uh, 
this this um, I guess their monastery, uh, their monastery and a, and a lodge for for pilgrims in uh, the Galilee called Domus Galilei, and there's there's they're this very unique born again community inside the Catholic Church, um, and it's this whole movement that started in the '60s that is is sort of pulling back into the roots of the original Christian faith from within the Catholic movement. And we, we sit down with this guy, Francesco, he's, 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 a, he's a deep believer. He speaks Hebrew and Italian and Arabic and English. And you, know, you, you, see, the, you see the faces. And then, so he's a representation of like this, this more modern movement. And we speak with a, uh, a Christian Arab, or he's, he's a Christian who's of Arab ethnicity, as he defines himself, named Samir, who's one of the highest-ranking officers in the Israeli border police. And again, he's this highly respected individual who's connected all over the country. I mean, just well-known individual has a great testimony to share about about his life and life of faith in this country and how he connects to the to the modern state of Israel. And then we have a, a really uh, academic heavy hitter, uh, Dr. Petra Held, who's a, a Christian theologian and an, an expert in um, in a university here in Jerusalem called the uh, I think. Um, let's see, it's called the Ecumenical Theological Research Fraternity. That's what it is. I had to look it up. Uh, and she gives the backdrop of, of history in the city because it's almost in, in, you know, if you look only at today, it's almost impossible to grasp what has happened here from a faith perspective in the land. And you really need someone to walk you through the different steps, you know, under the British Empire and before that you go back, under the Ottoman Empire and you go back, you get to the Muslims and you go back to the Byzantines. It's this, it's really rich history that you can't understand the present of, of faith in Israel without understanding the past. Uh, and then we go all the way back, this is sort of the last part, to the first church that wasn't Jewish in Israel, uh, or, you know, of, of the land of the time, which is the, the Syrian or Assyrian church of the land. And these are people that still speak the language of the land. They speak Aramaic in their churches. There's still a community that has been here for, you know, for, for millennia. Uh, and they still exist in the same building in the you know old city of Jerusalem. Uh, so you really go through the whole gamut of, of versions and colors and, and flavors of Christianity and faith in the land at the moment. Again, folks, it kicks off tomorrow night on TBN Insights, Israel and the Middle East. Matty Shoshani. Matty, a pleasure to speak with you. Congratulations on the project. Best of luck, and we'll talk Appreciate to you again. It. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401-305-3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health because, folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible acai berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 
1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie and It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at this, the uh, website, which is DePietro.com. Boy, it is never dull. Never dull in the ocean state. How about, you know, you would think it wasn't going to be a big deal, but it was yesterday. Bill to teach African-American history of Rhode Island schools passes after heated debate. So Ed Fitzpatrick with the story, Boston Globe section where they cover Rhode Island. There's a lot of that now. On the one-year anniversary of George Floyd's death, the Rhode Island House, now Tuesday, passed a bill requiring African-American history be taught Rhode Island schools. But the final vote came only after a heated debate about a Republican lawmaker's attempt to amend the bill to require education about Italian-Americans, Irish-Americans, and those with roots in more than two dozen other countries. After eight Republicans voted against a section of the bill because it contains the words... Black Lives Matter, which they said refers to a partisan organization, which it does. The bill's sponsor, Representative Anastasia Williams, Providence Democrat, very controversial, grew frustrated before the final vote. At one point, walking down the aisle without a mic- microphone saying, enough is enough now. We are voting on this. In a statement, Williams said the goal, give students more comprehensive understanding, crucial role Rhode Island played in the slave trade. Williams said the past year, Connections Society, blah, blah, blah. At the outset, she thanked House Minority Leader Blake Filippi for working with her to improve the bill. But that evaporated when, well, Representative Patricia Morgan tried to amend the bill, require education of a wide variety of other nationalities, ethnic backgrounds. Said, let's teach about Portuguese Americans, Cape Verdean, Italians, Irish, French, Hispanic, Latino. She said, in no way am I minimizing the history, the evil, that slavery, you know, part of our history. I'm glad it's being taught. But this time of division in our state country, you know, everyone's kind of contributed to where we are right now. For a while, appeared no other legislator, including Republicans, would second her amendment. It only went forward when Deputy House Speaker Charlene Lima seconded it, later explaining she agreed with, disagreed with the one to give her a chance to be heard. John Edwards, Tibetan Democrat argued the amendment was not germane to the bill so he's saying well this you know this is about this is supposed to be about african-american history not the history of the globe she's adding 27 other people joe sakachi agreed morgan kept arguing good for patricia morgan somebody's got a backbone up there saying legislators previously passed bill on civic education so this isn't necessary you know and she wasn't wrong on that and especially, why are we passing a bill that has the words Black Lives Matter? However, Representative Barbara Ann Fenton Fung, B.A., Cranston, supposedly Republican, urged legislators support the Williams bill. If lawmakers want to ensure education, they should put in separate bills. She's married, of course, to the most prominent Asian-American politician, former Cranston Mayor Ellen Fung. Next year, I'll probably put in a bill on Asian-Americans. But she said it's okay to celebrate one heritage. It's okay to educate about one, then work on other bills. Fen Funk said it's very poignant the bill is passing on the anniversary of George Floyd's death. Folks, what this is really is, is they're then trying to do that because it is the anniversary of the death. Representative uh, 
Lillian Cesar, a Barrington Democrat, biracial. She has spoken in favor of the bill. It's a reminder that up until now, students in our state learning about African-American history was basically optional. Uh, it's often just one month a year, Black History Month, and we're lucky to have that on the college level. So our history should not be elective. It should not be optional. So you have to sit and listen and learn about the beginning of Black Lives Matter. This, uh, as Patricia Morgan said, a very partisan organization, to say the very least. Flippy, the Republican minority leader, asked for a separate vote on the legislative finding section of the bill that says in part, with a unifying call that Black Lives Matter, that citizens' equity be reflected. Oh, my goodness. He's, Flippy said that by capitalizing Black Lives Matter, the bill is referring to an organization that has largely contributed to one party, the Democrat Party. It's not largely, it's solely. And that would not be appropriate to include that in the state's general laws. He said he would okay with the language if Black Lives Matter was not capitalized because he said Black Lives do matter. Williams said she doesn't belong to the Black Lives Matter organization. Her bill was not intended to promote any group. At the end of the day, Black Lives do, oh my God, how many times are they all going to keep saying that? The House voted 58 to 8 for the finding section of the bill and 74 to 0 for the rest of the bill. So the legislation calls every school district, including its curriculum, a unit of instruction on African-American heritage and history, beginning with the 2022-23 school year. The Rhode Island Black Heritage Society will be leading the design, along with Rhode Island College and the Rhode Island Historical Society. The bill now heads to the Senate for consideration. Folks, what this also means, though, is uh, don't look now, but wherever your children, grandchildren go to school, who do you think they're going to be bringing in to teach your children about the history of Rhode Island? You guessed it, members of Black Lives Matter. They're basically now, what they did last night, and I want to, again, credit Representative Republican Patricia Morgan really leading the charge against this, saying, you know, how did we arrive when now there's only one group that is singled out? All the work done by the Portuguese, all the work done by the French, all the work done by the Italians, and oh, all put to the side. The predominant theme here is Black Lives Matter. Their representatives will be brought into the school to teach history. What type of history do you think they're going to be teaching the kids? How about why don't we start with all the white students? You can apologize now for what you've done to us and what you've done to our people. You should all be ashamed of yourselves. All you selfish whites. I mean, what is this? Black Lives Matter. I want to remind people, and again, folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Let's just remember, it started under the guise of, in, in, by the way, other people have said this. So I'm not going to say anything that hasn't been said or written before. But it, it basically, the whole premise of it started on a lie, which was in Ferguson, Missouri, that you had uh, a situation where someone was shot, Michael Brown. And the initial eyewitnesses said, claimed he had his hands up, was saying, please don't shoot. And the white police officer basically executed him and shot him anyway. All proven to be a lie. That's where the whole phrase started with. It was based on a lie of, quote, eyewitnesses that were never proven, completely just the opposite, disproven. And Eric Holder with the Obama administration, he examined this, went into the whole thing and said, basically, we can't find anyone corroborate that this actually happened just the opposite michael brown ferguson missouri is basically going for the gun of a police officer thought he could overtake him he was fighting with him 
He was reaching for the officer's gun. He was battling with him, fighting with him. He was a big guy, uh, as far as Michael Brown was. And then he was shot in, in fighting with police. But, boy, you'd never know that now. That then started the whole thing of hands up, don't shoot. That was all based on a lie. Black Lives Matter. That came from people saying, you know, these officers are killing young black men as if, fill in the phrase, their, their lives don't matter. And we're here to say black lives do matter. That's where it all stemmed from. And now it has led us to this point. And now you have, I mean, they are a political force. They have weighed in on the Israeli-Palestinian battle. And they are now, thanks to the Rhode Island State House, unless this slows down in the Senate, they want to now put this into all the Rhode Island schools. And it's a matter of time before school districts will start to say you have to hire and employ a member of Black Lives Matter at your school. Each school will have to hire a taxpayer expense, a member of Black Lives Matter, who will be in charge of teaching your children the true history of Rhode Island. And let's start off with this history lesson. Why don't we start off with an apology from all the white students for what you have done and your families did and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's the direction it's going big winner last night at least she was standing up was representative patricia morgan you're listening to the john DePetro show spring is here time to contact bethel certified softwash you can text jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585 bethel certified softwash they have a great website it's rhode island softwashing.com outside your home Let's get rid of the grime and the stains, maybe some of that that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter. Call Bethel Certified Soft Wash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway, it's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel. B-E-T-H-E-L, their Facebook page, the before and after, are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585, 401-617-2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com, Bethel Certified Soft Wash and Power Wash. <laughs> 